Butch, I asked you what the host of this party was going to be serving up today. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. After a game like that with the Arkansas Razorbacks in Missouri State, you may have needed something a little bit harder than just a cold beer to try to get over. But what matters the most is that you won. And Arkansas is now 3-0. and We're going to talk about it uh, as well as go around the SEC, talk about some of the glaring issues that Arkansas faces as they head into the toughest part of their schedule. All of it is coming up here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. As we know, it was a crazy one if you're a Razorback football fan. A lot of range of emotions going on in Razorback Stadium. A lot of things that uh, went up and down all around, got you excited, got you worried, got you concerned. Maybe you feel a little bit differently about the next few games because of a game like this, but all of that doesn't matter at the end of the day because you did win. You beat Missouri State 38-27. to You needed 21 points in the fourth quarter to do it, but you did it. You're moving on. You're 3-0. and You're still number 10 team in the country, and now it gets down to the nitty-gritty. So uh, there's a lot of things to take away from this game, which if uh, for those of you who didn't have a chance to – uh, possibly watch or listen to my Razorback devotional that I did yesterday. I, I broke down a lot of these things uh, that uh, I was talking about that I'm going to discuss today. But um, I, I went back and I watched that uh, whole thing on the Razorback devotional and kind of went through my feelings on everything and kind of reaffirmed some of the stuff and went back and watched the highlights of the game uh, from War Machine 2013. Follow him on YouTube. Good guy. Puts up all the Razorback highlights. Uh, I, I just saw all those things, too, and I went through all of it. And I'm like, you know, Arkansas survived. They barely survived. It wasn't pretty, but they won. And at the end of the season, if Arkansas, like, went 12-0, and I'm not saying they will, but if they went, like, 12-0, and nobody's going to look back and say, yeah, but – that Missouri State game, they only won by 11 points. No, what they're going to do is they're going to see, did you win or did you lose? You won the game. And so I started thinking more and more about it. I'm like, the game's over. You, you got to move on. You got you to feel good about it because you're still 3-0. and I hate the old term that Houston would always say, you know, there are a lot of people love to be 1-0 and right now. Well, okay, it's true. But there are a lot of people that would love to be 3-0 and right now. And you've already been tested by a top 25 team and an SEC team and a really good FCS team. And now it gets real. Now it gets into uh, the, the whole mix. But as far as this game goes, it was frustrating at times. It was annoying at times. It was scary at times. It was one of those games to where you watched Petrino work. Because uh, every time that we, this is, I'm trying to think of how we've seen other coaches come in to play Arkansas. Like Houston Nutt came in and played Arkansas when he was at Ole Miss. But there was no sort of like theme or there was no sort of like sheer uh, sheer sign that that was a Houston nut coach team, maybe because of how motivated they were. But there wasn't a telltale sign of it. 
It was just more like, all right, well, this co team is coached by Houston Nut. Same thing with Lou Holtz. Like Lou Holtz, it had been so long since he'd been at Arkansas when he was at South Carolina and came back. There really wasn't anything that you could see. And you look at it and say, oh, yeah, this is a uh, this is a classic, classic Lou Holtz team and how they play and everything. You haven't really had that. But in this game, you watch Missouri State because you're not too far removed. I mean, you're only 10 years removed from when Bobby Petrino was your coach. And you watch his team, you're like, yeah, this is a vintage Bobby Petrino team. The plays, the formations, the the way that the slants were, they, they were hitting those. I mean, it was just a, a classical performance by him. And so you got to give a lot of credit to Missouri State and a lot of credit to Bobby Petrino and their performance. Like, you just can't uh, overstate it enough. They came in ready. Even Sam Pittman said after the game that their team was better prepared and better coached than we were. We were fortunate to win the game, and I got to get better at that. So he even understood it. He understands that needs to change. But Arkansas won at the end of the day. And it really, honestly, as much credit as you're giving to Missouri State, and you should, Arkansas did a lot of stupid things in this game. A lot of things that are uncharacteristic, that ended up costing them, that ended up putting them in a bad position. And to be honest, a lot of it came from the offensive side of the ball. The defense, we, we've, been, we've seen the defense for three games now. The defense is who it is. Hopefully when you get Slusher back, it'll be improved in the secondary because the secondary is an issue. But this defense, you see what it is. It's a defense that has a really strong and much improved defensive line. It's a defense that has two linebackers in Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders that are phenomenal, especially Drew Sanders, who can do so many plays and get after the quarterback. They're a team that can provide pressure. They're a team that can stop the run. But they're also a team that struggles stopping the pass. That's what this defense is. That's how it's going to be the whole year. And it's just something that we're going to have to live with, I believe, at this point in time. But that being said, we know what the defense is going to do. But the offense in this game was really the, the problem in the early going. You start with the fumble by K.J. Jefferson. And again, very uncharacteristic. But he fumbles. Oh, man, sucks. Get down 7 nothing. Then you have a big play to Matt Lan or to Keetron Jackson down the field, and you're on the one yard line. It is first and goal. You're on the foot yard line or foot yard line. It's like it's first and goal, less than a yard. All you got to do is punch it in. And the first play, Arkansas gets it. Rocket Sanders fumbles the ball into the end zone. Missouri State gets it. Uncharacteristic. You have a pass that gets thrown perfectly to Trey Knox from KJ Jefferson, and it literally hits Trey Knox in the hands, bounces up, and the Missouri State guy intercepts it. Uncharacteristic. And then you get to the thing that I felt like was, I, I'll say it's uncharacteristic, it was more just a gaffe. And it was the uh, the fourth down play on fourth and nine where they ran the ball. We'll talk about that in a second because I actually have a clip from Miss Sam Pittman explaining that. But the point is, is that those four offensive gaffes ended up being the sole re the main reason why Missouri State was leading most of the game, why it took so much for them to come back in this game. Like it was a it was a tough go. It was a tough deal. So those are fixable issues. I believe, I know hindsight's 2020, but I believe if those four things do not happen in this game, you win this game comfortably. You you win it going away. Now Bobby Petrino and Missouri State still would have scored, still would have got their points. 
but you wouldn't have had to have the flurry of come from behind victory like you had to have in this game if those things don't happen. So I think that those things are going to get shored up. That's where my hope comes in. These are fixable things. You can't, I don't know if you can fix the secondary on the defensive side, like, or just as far as the pass defense. Like, it is what it is. It sucks. Like, I know it's not like something you got to accept, but it's still what it is. It's been not break, and they went up against a mastermind offensive play caller, and that's what you got. So the turnovers, uncharacteristic. Arnold does not turn the ball over. They don't. KJ does not throw picks, and that's not on him. But you know that's something that really kept them out of this game in that way. But the fourth down call, I, I want to bring this up. The fourth and nine play call in the second half, where they Arkansas elected to run it up the middle with Drew Sanders or Rocket Sanders, ended up getting stuffed. Uh, Sam Pittman uh, talked to the media after the game. He was asked about this question. Here's how, what his explanation was on that play. What what happened there? Well, we ran it on fourth and nine is exactly what happened. He turned around, he handed a ball, <laughs> and he ran in there for about five. And then they, the official come up, and he goes the other way. And Missouri State's team came out, and they started hauling butt down the field. Um, the call was – um, it was a run to run. Uh, we thought that we, that we had them in two or quarters and uh, we thought we could surprise them and get them in there. And, and, uh, it was a run to run where basically we can hand it or KJ can run it and, and, uh, it didn't work. And that's, that's the honest goodness truth. I wish I could tell you that we had a pass on and something happened. That's the truth though, but it didn't work. It just didn't work. And I I applaud Sam Pittman for his you know levity of the situation. It's pretty funny the comment there, but also his honesty and just saying, hey, this is what we saw. We saw the coverage and, and it just didn't work out. So I don't think it was a decision on being like Kendall Bryles or Sam Pittman just being stupid. Like I don't think it was a decision, like it had merit, it had logic behind it. It just didn't work. I just never like that. I never like to see plays like that. If it is fourth and long, you're passing. If it's fourth and long, the ball needs to be in the play in the hands of your best player, KJ Jefferson. That's how I feel about it. If it was fourth and four and you ran it, I wouldn't hate it. Even if it didn't work, I wouldn't hate it. But nine yards is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to ask, especially in a crucial part of the game. So I didn't care for that. I didn't like that. I, it, like, that's the stuff that's like, I don't want to see again. So I'm glad that he explained it a little bit there. But overall, it comes down to those four things on offense. Those four things on offense, you take those things away, it's a completely different ball game. It's a completely different deal. And they'll learn from it. I'm hoping this is a humbling experience. I'm hoping that this is something that uh, they can get better from. They'll be more motivated than ever to go up against Texas A&M this week which uh, we're going to have a lot of breakdowns and talk about that too. But it's it's a nice little learning experience, but you won. You survived the return of Bobby Petrino. You're 3-0, and you're number 10, you're moving on, the quarter of the season's done, and you're a halfway point to the bowl game. And, I mean, you, you got to be happy with that. You can, you can be concerned, but you can be happy with where you're at now. And we'll talk about some of those concerns here in just a bit. First, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college betting needs and sports info this season. 
Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions over at Bet Online, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next part of the podcast, which is a little bit more of a negative thing, but it has to be discussed because I know everybody's talking about it. And, uh, you know, this team, this Razorback team, I started going through kind of the position by position in the group by group. Arkansas, it's like on the offense, Arkansas does not have a weakness. Like they don't like their, their running backs are phenomenal. Their quarterback's phenomenal. Their offensive line is phenomenal. Their wide receivers are well so much better than what people thought. They have some serious playmakers over there. The tight end is better than what it was last year. You know, Trey Knox, obviously that drop hurt, but he had some big plays, especially on a third down to get that catch, to get the first down. So the offense is about as good as the, good as you can get. You know, special teams has been really great, as we saw. Like it's been much improved, much a lot, a lot of awesomeness going on there. Defense, defensive line, so much better, so much better than what we thought. Jordan Dominic is doing great. That dude's getting after it. He had a, he had a great game by uh, by Williams as well. Like they're they're doing better. Linebackers, whoo, bumper pull, doing bumper pull things, and alongside Drew Sanders, he's just been a monster over there. Everything's great. Every single group is either great or so much more improved than what we saw last year except the secondary <laughs> that's the glaring issue for arkansas right now jason shelley the quarterback for missouri state went 24 of 43 no interceptions 357 yards and only one touchdown so only one passing touchdown may be the surprising part of that. He was also sacked eight times, which goes back to showing how great the defensive line and uh, the job that him and Drew Sanders did against him. But 357 yards and only one touchdown. Honestly, I can't believe it's that it was that many or that least amount, less amount of uh, touchdown passes. That can't happen. <laughs> and it's worrisome because if you're having that happen against an FCS opponent, where you're, you're leaving guys open, you know, you're getting smoked uh, just in, in a, you know, slant that's over the middle. You're, you know, doing all those things. That's problematic. That's extremely problematic. Arkansas against the pass is one of the worst teams in the power five right now when it comes to, you know, yards given up and everything. That's just, it's just a fact. Cincinnati had some success. South Carolina with Spencer Rattler had success. And now Missouri State had some success here too. It's a problem, but as big of a problem as it may be, <laughs> I think that the front side of the defense can make up for a lot of that. If they have success, if the defensive line continues to provide pressure and provide that added depth that has been so good all season long, if the linebackers continue to, to do their thing, especially with Drew Sanders getting after the quarterback and being kind of a headhunter there and, uh, you know, really causing some problems for them. If they can continue to do that, that's going to make up for a lot of the deficiencies in the secondary. 
it's going to maybe not always be perfect. There'll be games where teams are going to throw for, you know, a lot of yards on Arkansas. That's just the way it is. But if they at least have those moments where they do sack the quarterback and put him in long-distance situations, if they do stop the run entirely, which Arkansas has done a good job at, forcing them to pass all the time to where Arkansas's defense can kind of cater towards that a little bit. Like if they can continue to do the things that they're doing, I think that it'll be good enough to get by. It'll be good enough to win games. You know, Arkansas, I think it was, they allowed Cincinnati to score 24 points against South Carolina. They scored 30. And in this case, they scored 27. So you're you're essentially giving up 27 points a game, nearly four touchdowns a game, roughly, um, in this one and in, in this season so far in three games. It's not ideal, but I think it'll be good enough. It can be good enough. People are like, "Well, just wait until Mississippi State plays us. We're going to get smoked." You know what? Maybe, maybe. But I've always liked Barry Odom's. Ability to to scheme up some things. And also, if Arkansas gets pressure on Will Rogers, like they have been getting pressure on all the quarterbacks so far this year, what type of player does he become? You know, what type of player, what type of quarterback does he, is he able to just chop him up? I don't know. Think about Bryce Young and the, the Heisman Trophy winner. People are talking about his offensive line. It's just, it's not as, uh, it's not as good as what it has been in previous years. Yeah, he's a really good quarterback. They got a really good team. But what if, what if they're getting after him, getting a lot of pressure on him? Does he turn into a great, a better quarterback because of that? Maybe. But I just believe that if you're able to provide that element of your defense, if you're able to get after it in that way, providing that pressure, stopping the run, I think that it can get it can get you by. You know, it's kind of just putting duct tape on it and making it work for the time being until you can get a new one, until you can add some more pieces into it. I think that that's a big element. And let's be honest, losing Jalen Catalan for the season, brutal. Because I truly, I truly believe that if you had Jalen Catalan full health these past three games, it's a different game. It's it's a different season. Because... Uh, it's not even just like the fact that he was like, you know, breaking up passes and all that stuff. It's the threat of him being out there where quarterbacks and offensive coordinators would steer away from him because they're like, that guy's out there. He's an All-American. Don't go his way. Get him out of there. Get him out of the play. I truly believe that would be a huge difference in this team right now. But here's the thing. The Razorback pass defense is not good. But the Razorback run defense is really good. Defensive line, and, and in some cases, even Grant uh, True Sanders has been providing great pressure onto the quarterback. If Arkansas can just maintain that, hold it together, hold the pieces together, keep the quarterback from throwing touchdown passes right and left, they can do that, they'll be fine. Because if you really think about it, there hasn't been a lot of passing touchdowns in these games. It's been big passing plays, but not passing touchdowns. So if you can just put it together, hold it together, make it work for 
in the time being, you'll be okay. Now, this game against AM that you have coming up, AM does not have a good quarterback. They do not have a good passing game. Like, they Haynes King was so bad. And now they brought in Max Johnson. And against Miami this past weekend, I think he went 10 of 20 for 140 yards. Like, I don't trust their offense, even as bad as Arkansas's past defense has been. I feel like they're going to be okay against these guys. But it's it's a problem. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat. I'm not trying to try to look at it any other way. It is a problem. It needs to be fixed, and it needs to be fixed right away. We will go around the SEC and check out how the other teams fared in the conference. Coming up here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, going around the SEC, just a few things of note. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of surprises that went on over the over the weekend, but still some to, some to look at and some to break down and some to check out. First off, Georgia once again proves and shows greatest greatest team in college football right now. They went to South Carolina and beat them 48 to 7. Beat them 48 to 7. It was 48 to nothing the majority of the game. Uh, in fact, it was 45 nothing at the end of the third quarter. They're stupid. It's just stupid how good they are. They're the best team, and it's not even close. Uh, Alabama smoked UL with Monroe 63 to 7. Will be. Uh, Kentucky beat Youngstown State 31 nothing. All right. Tennessee beat Akron 63 6. Okay. AM played Miami. They did win that game 17 to 9. Like AM's defense is good. AM has a good defense, but their offense is boo-boo. So I think that I think Arkansas will be fine with against them. We'll, we'll do some more breakdowns of that. But uh Max Johnson, I don't know if he was really that much better, but Miami did not have a good showing offensively, scoring just three field goals. Uh, not going to do that. Not going to have as so much success there. So I feel good about Arkansas's chances. Florida escapes out of South Florida. Almost lost that one. 31-28. Uh, man, the mighty have fallen. I don't know. Maybe that just showed how bad Utah was. But, you know, Florida, they're sitting at 2-1, uh, and one, almost 1-2. One and two, And they could have been easily 0-3 if you think about it. But uh, they are uh, – they're, they're still going strong. Still trying to make it work. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Ole Miss smokes them 42 nothing and in at home or at Georgia Tech. I don't even know what to make of that. Like Jackson Dart, 10 of 16, 270 yards and a pick. Okay. Um, Penn State just destroyed Auburn. Brian Harson is uh is not on the right track here. 41 to 12. And this game was at Auburn. 41 to 12. They beat Auburn. And so uh that's it's not looking not looking too bright for the uh, Auburn football program. Now they have Missouri up next. Missouri's really bad. So you pretty much uh, have a battle there to where, boy, and that's games at 11 a.m. If they lost to Missouri at home, they'd probably fire Brian Arson on the spot. I don't think they would. Missouri really sucks. So I don't think you have to worry about that. Uh, Missouri beat Abilene Christian 34-17. Woo, buddy. 38-28. Vandy, 3-1. and one. They're halfway point through the to a bowl game as well. Look at them. So congrats to them. They went to Northern Illinois and won. Uh, and then finally, LSU-Mississippi State. 31-16, LSU won this game. And 
Some people were surprised by that. I will admit, I thought that maybe, just maybe, Mississippi State would take care of business. But LSU, Jaden Daniels, 22 of 37, 210 for a touchdown. And it goes back to my whole point about Will Rogers. He goes 24 of 42 for 214 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Like, it's like, yeah, he's a great, they, they have a great scheme and a great, and a great uh, pass offense. But if they run into a team that, and a, and a defensive coordinator and a coaching staff that knows how to handle them, uh, they go down pretty quickly. So, yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't buy it. But either way, uh, it wasn't really anything crazy around the SEC, but still fun nonetheless. This upcoming week, it's going to be having some great games too, which I know we're going to talk about. But uh, overall, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I think that Arkansas going into AM, they should have some more things to work on and be extremely motivated. We're here from Sam Pittman today around noon to see how that goes. But uh, overall, I'm excited. You're 3-0, number 10 in the country. Keep it moving. Keep it shaking. Let's go beat some Aggies. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.